money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Well, that's good because this morning you're on the show where we talk about the hard issues around money. Yes, we are. Yes. And I'm Dave, and I often don't actually introduce myself, so I thought this morning probably should be a good idea to do that. And who are you, Rebecca? I'm your wife, Reb. Yes. And we call you Reb. <laughs> yes, but my name is Rebecca, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ben Oppen. Yep. Yeah. And if you'd like to hear us not introduce ourselves in previous shows, then you can still get all of the historic shows on morethanenough.ca, chri.ca. We're on iTunes, we're on TuneIn, we're on uh, Google, Google Play, all kinds of places. Anywhere you get your podcast, search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb, and you can get the historic shows. And there is a ton of content around money and the heart and how Reb and I work out this with all the guests that we bring on. And this morning, we have a guest who is a regular guest with us. Welcome, Ray Borg from Financial Discipleship Canada. Good morning, guys. Good morning. (laughs) Good. So if you have been listening to the podcast, um, you'll know that Ray's on just about once a month. And we've been doing a little bit of a series, if you will. I don't know if we, I guess we can call it a series, but we've been having a great conversation anyways around this this idea, this concept, this biblical truth, this this um, spirit of mammon. And so I thought, before we jump into the scripture verses and whatnot, Ray, just a little recap, because when we say the spirit of mammon, there's all kinds of, of ways that that goes. There's all kinds of thoughts. And, and, and so we're, just for the purposes of our conversation today, we want a little definition of when we talk about the spirit of mammon, what exactly are we talking about? Can you do that? And, and another, no, there's another show about that. <laughs> well, it's really about the, the two, there's two scripture references in Matthew 6.24 and Luke 16.13, talking about... Um, either you will serve God or you will serve mammon. Mm-hmm. And in that that context, Jesus really personifies mm-hmm. uh, mammon. Either you will serve one or the other, but in that whole sense of a master and servant relationship. And um, I like how Reb always puts it, you know, if you hear somebody calling for you, who are you going to respond mm-hmm. to? Are you going to respond to the master? You're going to respond to somebody else, mm-hmm. and that's kind of really what Mammon does. Mammon seeks to rob us of our trust of God and His ability to provide and to meet every need of our lives, and to see each of those things and meet them even before we ask. Sometimes, but Mammon looks for us to trust in money and the right. power of money and the influence of money, and um, it actually takes away our worship of the Lord, our place of intimacy with him. And that's what mammon does. It's a spirit or a power that seeks to seduce us into that and draw away our focus off Jesus and put it on money and possessions, things that are more tangible, things that we can um, trust in mm-hmm. or put our security in. But actually, that's really false because it's only found in Jesus, as we all know from the word. And so those are things that come and fill our hearts um, and wrestle um, for our attention. 
And and it is a it is a tension. We live in North America. We we live in a world that is tactile and tangible and and is constantly doing uh, I would say two things. One is, is saying, "Hey, you're self-sufficient. You're mm-hmm. it's all about self whether it's uh, uh, you know, there's there's things that in marketing media that tell me that I need this to to prove myself or to be a certain person or to look a certain way or all of those messagings are coming on us. So in a sense, that's the spirit of mammon that's constantly uh, at, at us and coming at us through all of the marketing and media that we have. Uh, and then there's this other message that says you don't need God, mm-hmm. that, that you you can be who you need to be without God because you have all of this other stuff. Um, and, you know, again, the falseness of that, but also recognizing that, that that's actually where we live. We live in an atmosphere very much like that. And so when we, we reference those Matthew 6, 25 verses, actually the ones you mentioned about seek first his kingdom mm-hmm. um, and recognizing that, those verses are actually about worry. <laughs> you know, it starts, hey, don't worry about what you're mm-hmm. going to eat or what you're going to, uh, but but that God is faithful to provide all that you need. And that is so counterculture. That is mm-hmm. so, so not where, where we spend most of our time. So if we serve mammon, we're actually serving a lie mm-hmm. while you were talking about that. If we framed it like, well, I'll either serve the truth or I'll serve the lie. Right. I, if we woke up every day and said, said that I can serve myself, which is a lie. I don't know. It just struck mm-hmm. me when you said that 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 we can that we have a daily a choice to choose lies or truth, and we talk about that in our uh, coaching, in a, some of the workshops we do. Mm-hmm. That here's the truth, and here's the lie we believe, and and it's I. I don't know. I was just thinking of of Adam and Eve when you guys were just talking about that mm-hmm. how the the devil as the serpent says, did God really say? And I think Mammon says that to us all the time. Mm-hmm. Is, oh, I think so, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same voice, it's the same question. It it causes us to question the faithfulness of God. I think if you were if Mammon's mm-hmm. big deal is to undermine God as our source of life, then if he gets us there, then he's right. And, and I mean, again, if you want to go back to the Garden of Eden, what did Satan really just put doubt there and said, you know, did God really say? And and in a sense, Mammon asks the same question. If we're going to personify Mammon and, and say, does God really say that he'll provide? Mm-hmm. Does God really say that he'll, you know, can you really trust him? Um, to, but it's a to choice. Provide? I mean, we you hear the master's voice and you have a choice. Mm-hmm. And every day we choose. And we, I mean, we've talked with Ray about it before the past few months. If you're not choosing, you're choosing. Mm-hmm. Like, And you'll, right. we'll default to debt and we'll default to ourselves because... I mean, we can we can touch ourselves and we can see our bank account. God is sometimes, uh, you know, he's not visible mm-hmm. in, with our eyes, I mean. And I think one of the antidotes to this, which, again, is counterculture, um, but in a lot of ways, we, we hear that messaging, especially within the church, but even within our culture, that, that 
that the family's under attack, that we see the breakdown of the family. We see, in a sense, community being eroded so that it's we're all a bunch of silos living next to each other. We don't know our neighbors, all of these things. And I think one of the, the results of mammon is that, that selfish self-sufficiency, I can do it all myself. So to flip the table and go, so what does Scripture say about what's the antidote? And that's where I thought, oh, just want to throw the, the the verses in there at the end of Matthew. And there's there's two that I had. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And again, these are the verses that talk about, don't worry. But in ver- verse 33, he gives us the antidote. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be mm. provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. (laughs) And so, in a sense, one of the antidotes, we don't want to talk Mm -hmm. all about mammon and this oppression and and all of that, but to to recognize that right here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the antidote is is seek first his kingdom. And then you have to go, okay, well, what does that mean? And to, for me, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. that okay, goes to had- Matthew 10, right? I mean, for me, that goes to, okay, in Matthew 10, he talks about, you know, giving a cup of cold water in, in my name. And really, it's it's the great commandment, which is love God and then love your neighbor. And I think that's uh, again, if I'm going to say the antidote, there it is in black and white. The, if we begin to love our neighbor in a sense and take our eyes off ourselves and our own needs and our own stuff and go, okay, let's just put my neighbor first. That's the antidote. That, that mammon hates that uh, in terms of, oh, wait, you're caring for someone else more than yourself? That's, hmm. you know, that's. I don't know, water on the fire, if you will. You always, there's so many things that you just said that we could unpack, but if you want to recognize how God is at work in your life, then you look at how you're loving him and loving your neighbor, I would say. If we're, if I'm just trying to say it in a different way, because people are listening and thinking, well, you know, I'm. I, there's just no hope for me because mammon's everywhere, and I'm just right. gonna. I don't. I, that's but, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but we're we're suggesting that seeking first His kingdom is actually loving God and loving others and loving your enemy. Mm-hmm. Seeking. I mean, we try and unpack that all the time, Dave and I at home or in our workshops. What does it mean to? What is it? What is the kingdom of God like? Mm-hmm. And then you read all the parables, and you're like, okay, it's still not. It's still not black and white that this is, but the kingdom of God is where he reigns Mm -hmm. and where he values people and he wants to show love to people and care for people. And we read it throughout scripture. You don't have to read too far where take care of the widow, the orphan. Mm -hmm. And 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 I take great encouragement from that because... You know, the reality is, is it's not like the spirit of mammon. It's this new thing, right? It's not It's not like, oh, we're the first generation to, to actually have this issue around the spirit of mammon, right? I mean, this is, this is God. Jesus speaks directly to this. And, you know, we've just picked two places, but he speaks directly to this in so many ways through Scripture. But even as a, a bigger theme, you know, taking care of the widow and the orphan and, and in the Old Testament, 
how many verses don't speak to that idea that he who takes care of the poor lends to God. That, that the, those people, in a sense, taking care of our neighbor and taking care of, of those who, who we can and being in community is close to the heart of God. Well, I'm going to ask Ray a question because we were talking about this before we started. How, who do we value, though, like naturally in our culture, would you say? I think in reality, we we value those who have influence, those who have money, those who travel. I mean, I think the list goes on and on in terms of who we esteem. And we see them as models and um, we try to emanate them mm-hmm. in so many ways. If we really look at, I mean, the between between the truth and the lies, what really motivates our heart mm-hmm. in relation to money, to accumulate it, to spend it, to... Um, as Dave talks about, focused on self. Um, you know, if I have the latest fashions, um, then I'm presenting really well. And yet, if you look at the example of Jesus, as I w- was hearing Dave talk this morning, that whole sense of Jesus left the, the presence of Father, and he I came know. down to earth. And what a gift, a selfless gift he gave that was so much about evaluating each one of us, mm-hmm. each one of our listeners, and how mm-hmm. he's really modeled for us that whole sense of, as Dave said, giving a cup of cold water in my name. Mm-hmm. He did that for each one of us. And so we are called mm-hmm. to value others as he would value them, to see them as he would see them. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that scripture verse, I don't know where it is, but where Jesus says, you know, are you going to give the best seat to the people who have wealth? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't base, give the best to people based on their appearance or wealth or influence. And I'm like, man, how often do I do that? How, I mean, you just have to look at how much money we spend on magazines or, or, you know, following the celebrities and all of that stuff, or, you know, the recent wedding of, of uh, Harry and Meghan, right? Mm-hmm. That's nice. Um, all of that, we're just like, oh, and but we're not buying magazines about the poor necessarily or wanting to emulate <laughs> mm-hmm. their life. And yet Jesus does say that the poor are blessed, mm-hmm. right? That we should remember that we... Our humility is a better place. And James, I was reading out this morning that, that, you know, it's a better thing to remember as the poor that we're in that humble state as opposed to when we're rich. We think we've, we've got it all together. And mm-hmm. in reality, our end is no different than anybody else's. You can't, I always say, you, we're, we're not like the Egyptian pharaohs that can try to take our wealth with us, although I think we try. Not, not in the same well, way. Well, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. So that can't, <laughs> you know, I guess for us but, guys, anyways, but, right? But, but it's that thought that Ray mentioned earlier, too, is that we're all all before Christ at the same level ground. We mm-hmm. all have the same need. And isn't that what we should remember when we're thinking of our neighbor, that we could be our neighbor, mm-hmm. that we could be the person you know, across the street that doesn't have much and how would we want to be treated? I mean, we tell our kids that all the time, you know, and, but I, I just, this idea of valuing others and why, but why are we talking about it in regards to money? How does this relate, you know, loving our neighbor? How does that relate to money? 
Well, and I mean, this is where we started, right? In the sense of that, you know, this morning we're, we're talking about continuing a conversation around the spirit of mammon. And really, I think how the spirit of mammon undermines us actually valuing our neighbor. Right, going, because going we're, to, we're being selfish and we spend it on ourselves instead of helping. Well, I think, you know, if you think about it, whenever you meet a new person, Within seconds, statistically, they say mm-hmm. we've already valued them in some capacity mm-hmm. or judged them, I think is a better way to say it. I'm <laughs> just thinking that. And I'm, um, you know, if you drive downtown Ottawa and you see the panhandlers at the corners, how do you assess quickly whether you give? Mm-hmm. Do you ask the Lord Father, do I give? Is that what you're asking me to do? Or do we right away, oh, they look like they're druggy, they're high, or they got mental health issues. We immediately put value on them and use that value as a determinant whether we might give a cup of cold water in his name. And I think likewise, you know, if somebody came in wearing jewels and and all that kind of stuff, we would treat them very differently than somebody who walked into a room who, mm. you know, didn't mm-hmm. have very much. You could tell by their clothes. And so I think mammon becomes a measuring stick oh, rather than the love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, as, I, as I hear the conversation, I'm thinking that's, that isn't what Jesus used. He used his love and his vision and his understanding of their heart and what it is, the value and worth of an individual rather than using money or mammon mm-hmm. as that well, and, and again, we can see that in Christ, you know, when he's confronting the religious leaders and when he's picking his disciples and all of these things, you know, Christ, and we know that Christ looks at the heart, that God looks at the heart as opposed to the outward expression, the outward, outward mm-hmm. person and says, all right, I'm, you know, I'm judging the heart or I am looking at the heart. And, and again, we see so many times where Christ's response in the interactions through the gospels is on a heart level you know they come in this way and then you know condemnation uh, is is due and god says well i'm i'm not bringing condemnation because i want to see you set free i'm thinking of the the woman caught in adultery Mm -hmm. you know for all intents and purposes again the religious leader said well we're within our rights to stone her like this is the law that she's caught and and jesus says yeah, well, not really, because honestly, what's going on here? You guys are all full of pride, and you're all full of all of the stuff. So he who has no sin, let him cast the first stone. And, of course, recognizing that you know Jesus is all about capturing the, the, the essence of who we are and glorifying that and, and, and just recognizing that we are creation before the Father. Mm-hmm. And that all the spirit of mammon and all the stuff and all the junk that gets piled on that. And Jesus is, I think, often commanding us, encouraging us, bringing us to just look past all that stuff and look at the heart of the man or woman. So how do we, how do we get there? How do we get to the place where we look at the heart? Uh, or 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 go to the father where mm-hmm. we stop you know you stop your judgment in your tracks while you're looking at somebody and say father how do you see them like how how do you get to that place where we start to value others where we where we're, we let go or we have open hands where like how, where do, where do we start like if a person's wondering that out there today 
I think we ask the Holy Spirit to help us in that. I mean, because we're sinful by nature, mm-hmm. and um, and I just know my own life. That's why I have to say, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. I repent for my judgment. I just believe the lie here, and uh, mm-hmm. I ascribe value to them that you don't. And so, Lord, help me to see them as you would see, that I would no longer see them through my lens, my own brokenness, my own sinfulness, or my own sense of value because of money um but lord that i'll value them because you see a purpose and a life and a heart and a destiny um and a purpose for this individual hmm. jeremiah twenty nine eleven. i know the plans i have for you plans to give you hope in the future that's hmm. for every person mm-hmm. and that is rich included right mm-hmm. sometimes we can judge the rich with and we and we won't feel like oh we can talk to them or because they're higher than us or but really you know they have might have heart needs that we can speak to and encourage them in that that maybe people don't dare i re- i remember a friend of mine a long time ago said i have he's a doctor so he's like you would not believe the way um, he he was more like a brother to me, so I teased him a lot, and mm-hmm. I I never let his doctor title interfere. But he said it's amazing how many how much people revere me just because I have a dr in front of my name. And he said it's really like it, it, he didn't like it, like I'm just me, like mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but and and you know he has great education and all that. He's a smart guy and all that, but it's. It's what we value. We put value on education and smarts. And um, I I think there is a certain segment of our world that's trying to undo that, you know, <clears throat> where we're trying to talk more about mental health issues and all of those things. But, you know, to, to care for people and love people who are different than we are um, and to hang out. You know, I think one other thing is, intentionally choose people who aren't like you and go find out who they are engage mm-hmm. with people who are different go volunteer uh, with organizations that meet the needs of the poor or the mentally uh, uh unwell like do th- it has to be intentional mm-hmm. i don't i don't think it goes back to that if we don't do anything we're going to we're just going to keep judging we're going to keep uh uh, gravitating girl, girl after my own heart getting to the practical I know stuff, so. I, I, I guess I'm too early but I think that to me because I'm hearing voices say well that's all great but how do we do this and I think the other thing is we you know like praying that the Holy Spirit reveal it like mm-hmm. he has, the Lord is the one who transforms our hearts you know if you don't want it different if you just want to serve yourself but yet you call yourself a follower of Christ you have to deal with that issue in your heart today mm-hmm. um, if you know that you judge others or want money or want you I mean I can say this to myself. If I say I'm a follower of Christ and yet see these behaviors, see certain fruit that's mammon fruit and not Christ, I have to be honest with myself about it and say to the Lord, like this is here. I didn't know it was here. I don't like it. Um, I'm, I actually might like it because I'd rather spend money on myself than my neighbor, to be honest, sometimes, right? I, I don't know. I think yeah, there's other yeah, people yeah. who are out there. Then I have to say to the Father, Lord, I I want my own way and not yours. Mm -hmm. Please change my heart. 
Like, I think that's the where with the core of it. And then get into the word because then the Holy Spirit speaks through his word mm-hmm. about, about what he wants and what he desires and reveals it to us. I think if we just get honest about it. And, and going back to Matthew chapter six, it just says where your treasure is, there your heart is. And, and mm-hmm. if I can take what you said, Reb, and, and actually put the practical spin on it and say, and take what you've said, Ray, and put the practical spin on it and say, yeah, so then I'm going to take 5% of my income, 2% of my income, 1% of my income. I'm going to put that over here into a an account that is specifically when I see that panhandler on the side of the road. I, I know that the Lord wants to give money to the poor, and so I can freely give um, because I've set that money. I've, I've prepared that and put that aside, right? Now, does that mean you have to sacrifice? Yeah, because you have to mm-hmm. rearrange your day-to-day finances to actually be able Here's to do that. Here's the coach and the spending yeah. plan. Oh, absolutely, 100%, <laughs> right? Uh, have yeah. a plan. Is, uh, yeah. plan. <laughs> but if we don't Ray do that, uh, if we don't do that, then it never gets done. That's right. Right, and it, and where our heart is, there are treasures. So we make the 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 prayer in our heart and we repent before the Lord in our heart, and then we need to actually <laughs> have that come out. Well, this weekend, I had an interesting conversation picking up on what you said, Reb. My my niece is getting married in September, and she's marrying a young man who works downtown Toronto, and, and he's working for one of the financial firms. And we we're just talking because I said, well, what's your vision? Do you have a do you have some career goals and that kind of stuff? And one of the things he commented through the course of the conversation was he'd like to do a combination of ministry and business, high-tech stuff. But he said, I have a ministry account that I set up. Mm-hmm. We were talking about different accounts, and I was just talking about how we did that <clears throat> using envelope and tangerine and that kind of stuff. And he said, well, I've set up a ministry account so that I have money set aside. If I feel moved by the Lord, I can release those finances. And so I put – there's automatically money mm-hmm. each paycheck that goes off that's mm-hmm. set up for a ministry account. And I yeah. thought – this young man, he's like in his early 20s, That's and here he is, I thought, thank you, Lord. He mm-hmm. has a vision for that. Mm-hmm. I wish I had known that at that age. Yeah, no, I think I we're don't. all looking at it around the yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that now, but we wish we yeah. had done that 20 yeah. or 25 years Dave ago. Dave and I often call it a kingdom account. Yes. And we say it's a separate account from, if you're wondering about giving, it's not just not just it's it's more than giving to the church or to your regular it, this is an account where it's planned uh spontaneous spending mm-hmm. so it's because it, you're dumping money in there and if you you're moved it, it's not going to affect your cash flow for, or your grocery groceries mm-hmm. which we always take money from to give <laughs> other places oh we'll just take grocery yeah, money yeah <laughs> Anyway. All right, well, we only have a few minutes left, but I think we're going to end with that practical piece. If you, you know, this idea of a kingdom account or a ministry account or or even just a giving account, just some, some real practical things. What you said, Ray, automate it off every paycheck. That's mm-hmm. really important to just automate it and move it over. Second thing is, is have access to it. Uh, both maybe a check it should be a checking account or maybe a, a with a debit card because sometimes you need the cash mm-hmm. well i'll run to the bank machine and i'll take somebody out for dinner well that's spontaneous but i know i'm going to use that account or maybe i'm going to write that check uh for whatever the lord is speaking to me at the at the point and then uh, i mean the third point is is obviously you have to keep an account of the account mm-hmm. so when there's nothing in the account 
then what do you do? And sometimes then you steal from the grocery or you say, okay, Lord, that's what I want to give. I'm going to put that in and we're going to, we're going to start working towards that goal because the money isn't in the Don't account. Don't forget to be in relationship with the Father to know where you're yes. supposed to give. Okay. So now you can pray. How's that? <laughs> Thank you, Father, that you teach us even while we're on the radio Mm -hmm. show and how you lead us and um, want to disperse your resources uh, into the lives of those in need. And that includes us. Mm -hmm. Lord, help us be a people who share what we have and have a heart to give. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you'd like to join us on previous shows, of course, as I said in the, in the entrance, you can get it at morethanenough.ca, chri.ca. The archive shows are all there. If you are podcast, then iTunes. Please, if you're on iTunes, give us a, a rating. We love that. And uh, Google Play, TuneIn, uh, all kinds of places that if you get your podcast somewhere, search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb and join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.